Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey everyone, the third issue of the WrestleTalk magazine is now available. Head over to WrestleTalk.BigCartel.com for more information. We've got a great issue this month featuring our reviews of the Royal Rumble, Wrestle Kingdom 10 and Raw 25, including the WrestleTalk crew counting down their top 25 moments of Raw history. So head over to WrestleTalk.BigCartel.com for more information. Support WrestleTalk! Donate on Patreon. Making their way to the ring at a combined weight of undeniably sexy, hailing from London, the Wrestle Ramble Podcast! Hello and welcome to the Wrestle Ramble Podcast. I am Ollie Davis, and we've done a bit of feng shui in the studio since the video record version. So rather than looking side, like, oh God, I can't speak English now. Uh, rather than looking to my side to introduce Luke Owen, I'm looking weirdly directly right at him across the room, looking into his eyes. He's looking back at me. This isn't how we do things normally. Luke Owen. Hello, Swaft Nation. Yes, we're taking it back. And hello to you, Oliver Davis, across the room. I'm actually sat behind where the camera is. Yeah, we're not usually this far apart. No, but I thought we'd change things up because we're about to record uh, the the rest of our Patreon podcast. And um, I want to get comfy because it's a long old record. It's a mammoth. And I, those steel chairs that we sit on are nay comfortable. So I've got a nice little comfy office chair in, mm. um, which I think is going to uh, increase my podcast enjoyment. You reckon? Yeah. I think uh, I, I'm just I'm more stoic and I try to make everything as uncomfortable as possible. Keep me, get, don't want to lose my edge, man. <laughs> That's what we don't want at all. We don't mm. want you becoming a circle, uh, which is what I am now because I'm even leaning back. I'm yeah, you're kicking back there. You've got this... wheels on your chair. I know. This is almost too comfortable. Uh, how was your weekend? My weekend was dandy. I went to my friend's house where... Was he available to play? What's uh, Is that a reference to something? Well, no, it it just sounds like you're eight years old again. It's like knocking around. It's like, is so-and-so available to play? That's how it felt. (laughs) Because we busted out the uh, GameCube. Wow, nice. And we played some Super Smash Bros. Melee. The best one. Yes. Melee, as some some others call it. (laughs) Melee. As I always used to call it as a kid. I just... Was Kirby? 
Mm-hmm. Jump up, 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 turn into a rock, fall down on people. Jump yeah. up, up, up. Yeah. Uh, and just wait till someone's percentage got high enough. One tap. That's what I love to do, just a flying kick. Yeah. They go flying. Uh, so, yeah, we did that. But it, like ever since, I've been like, oh, I want to go around Jack's and play his, his GameCube. And he's got a Switch as well. I haven't played on the Switch yet. So mm-hmm. uh, that was fun. Uh, but God, playing Smash Brothers mainly that takes me back because when we were when I was uh, doing my A levels, this should explain uh, on the previous podcast where I learned nothing at school. This mm. should explain quite a bit. I used to just sack off lessons sometimes and go to my mate's house because he dropped out of college, and we used to go there, do things that aren't quite legal, and then Blimey. we and then we would play Smash Brothers. But our rule was you always do random. Mm-hmm. But you have to play as every single character. So we would play, you know, because there's like 36 or 30, let's say there's 38 characters. So we'd have 38 matches where each one of us would have played as every wow. single character. Infinite combinations. Infinite combinations. It was great fun. We had like tables and stuff to, to monitor which characters we'd actually played as. Because after a while, you're like, I think I've played as this mm. character, but I can't remember. We loved that game. No end. Put what? so many hours into it. Who's your uh, Who's your go-to? Dr. Mario was my guy. Yeah, yeah he was my favourite to uh, to play as. Roy was also very good because his, his smash attack is just, like, it's so powerful. And mm. it's got such good range on it. But, um, yeah, Doc Mario was one of my guys. Cool. Well, yeah, it's, it's weird because I grew up with Jack. And uh, I would go, I'd honestly go around his parents' house to play the GameCube. Mm. And... Here I am going to adult Jack's house because <laughs> he's just got a house and it's like a real house. Yeah, it's not like my pretend student hall's flat <laughs> that I live in. It's a it's an actual house with a front garden yeah. and a shed. <gasps> shed, mate. Yeah, he's got a shed, and he's talking about having an extension. Whoa, just like, Jack, shut up! <laughs> I don't want to think about extensions and mowing the lawn. Oh, I want to think about Netflix. I need to mow my lawn, actually, thinking about oh, it. Oh, shut up! You're boring me to tears! <laughs> uh, it occupies the same space in my head as IT recruitment. <laughs> as the single most boring thing I can think of. Or mowing the lawn? No, mowing the lawn's okay, I guess, because there's that element of danger. But, uh, yeah, sorry. Someone in the other room just did a, a sort of brawn-like roar when they stretched. It really was mm. a big brawn-like roar. I thought he'd hurt himself. No, he's just stretching like a lazy man. So let's do some iTunes reviews. But I, I will ask you about your weekend. I saw Itonia as well. Oh, lovely! How yeah. was that? It was fine. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was. I love it when you get out of the cinema. Same thing happened because I, I loved Three Billboards. My lady partner was just thought it was an average movie. And she was mm. like, oh, "It was well made, just but." It, instantly forgettable yeah so, but it, anger begets anger hate begets hate there's so much going on in that movie yeah. you walk out by tonya i think yeah it's just all style but it's fun style well made yep and she's like oh i really liked it because of all the emotion and all the stuff eh. <laughs> didn't that, eh, didn't get for it. me <laughs> sebastian stan mm-hmm. the winter soldier yeah he's not as good when he's not the winter soldier oh no no he's just a mustache <laughs> his moustache is doing all the acting mm. must ask you a question it's fascinating because it, it seems like such an insane real life story that I couldn't get into certain bits of it because I thought it was too outlandish mm. you know like in a wrestling story it's like okay you've gone too far here Braun with a grappling hook yeah turns out that's the real story yeah they showed clips of like people afterwards and you know there is this fat overweight guy talking about uh, being part of 
international terrorism and, and counter-espionage when he's this, you know, he's obviously not. Wow. And that's, that was like one of the more unbelievable parts of the movie. It's fascinating stuff. See, I've not been to see any Oscar contenders or those like BAFTA nominated mm. movies. My lady partner and I, my lady partner, my wife and I, instead watched Double Team, the 1997 Jean-Claude Van Damme, Dennis Rodman team-up movie. Dennis Rodman. And it is amazing. I like how everything comes back to wrestling. Yeah, yeah. Dennis well, Rodman of WCW fame. Exactly. WCW multi- multiple time WCW mm. headliner, Dennis Rodman. Um, yeah, it's, it's quite a good movie. Although very fun, a uh, little bit of um, tidbit nonsense. There are um, cyber monks in Double Team where they meet these like group of monks who you think like they're very whoa, whoa, monks. Then you go downstairs. Turns out they're cyber monks. They're like monitoring the internet and all this sort of stuff. And they're like creating technology and whatnot. Wow. Um, but cyber monks also appear in another Dennis Rodman action movie called Simon Says, where it's Dennis. Oh, you'll love this. It's Dennis Rodman and Dane Cook. Oh God, I never found him funny. Dane Cook. There is an, there's a moment in that movie where he does an impression of the Velociraptors in Jurassic Park, mm-hmm. and it is amazingly unfunny. Mm. But you cannot stop watching it. Yeah. I, I bet I could. So <laughs> iTunes reviews. Hawk and NFG05 writes, Swaft Nation. This is one of my favourite wrestling podcasts to listen to. If I'm not watching the YouTube version, I'm listening to the podcast version. Ollie and Luke have great chemistry on the mic and have great insight. Thank you, Hawk. Thank you, Hawk. I'm not 100% sure. I haven't read that out already. <laughs> and Brian Shazam writes, Fun and knowledgeable. I read this one out as well. I feel like this, you said Shazam. This is what happens when I'm not sat next to you because I can't then go like we've done these ones before. But I'm pretty. I wonder if I have said Shazam. What's the one after that? Josh the Jobber. No, we haven't done that one. I'm gonna continue. Worst thing happens. Shazam gets two reviews read out. A very enjoyable podcast with two guys who truly love the wrestling business. They do a great job of breaking down the weekly shows as well as staying up to date on potential rumours around the wrestling world. They are humorous and easy to list to. I think we have read this one I feel before. like that's a familiar spelling mistake. <laughs> Thanks for making my... Oh, we have. <laughs> Thanks for making my drives to and from work so enjoyable. It was such a good review. Well, that means we've read both of those <laughs> great <laughs> oh man it's like we said on the last episode we we could be better we could be better uh but yeah we just wing it a lot of just- <laughs> so let's get on with some elimination chamber ring we haven't actually talked to each other before this recording about how we found the pay-per-view itself so uh i'm gonna say man it was it was predictable and stupid me for thinking it was going to be anything but yeah, yeah, I can pretty much get behind yeah. that. I mean, I, I enjoyed the show. Um, Did I, you? Yeah, well, I enjoyed both the chamber matches, mm. um, and I enjoyed the the Rousey contract signing. So, of like, of the three things that they actually advertised, I I very much enjoyed. And then the undercard was, you know, raw matches basically, mm. um, and effectively they weren't terrible matches. They were just they were just average matches made worse by a crowd full of dicks. Oh, okay. So this is going to... We'll get to that later on. 
Uh, I think beach ball might have something to do with it. Chant it in the comments. Let's get a beach ball chant in the comments. Just that Mexican wave. In yeah, the yeah. Rusev Day chants in the comments. <laughs> Chuck some CM Punk in there for good measure. So uh, Roman Reigns won the Elimination Chamber match, which we all knew was going to happen. Mm-hmm. We've all known this since March 2017. So pretty much a year and uh well we didn't know he was winning this match we knew he was going to be main sure sure okay there was because yeah. there were those who thought he was going to win the royal rumble mm. i i assumed he was going to win the elimination chamber because it was a raw brand of paper yeah same here uh so the, the I, I think that the match itself i enjoyed i really enjoyed it once braun Strowman got involved but my problem with roman winning apart from the obvious apart from I'm I'm bored of this. It's but it's this is all redundant criticism. It's it's white noise now. Roman Reigns should turn heel. Roman Reigns isn't really the guy that everyone wants to see at the top. It's the fourth time WrestleMania 34, four WrestleManias in a row he would have main evented now. Mm-hmm. This is the like the latest attempt at a coronation to cement him as the company's top star when really he's like the it's it's so true he's not like uh, the the bad guy or the good guy. He's just the guy. He's like a guy. Uh, I, although he's very good, that's unfair. Um, he, I don't know why. I just, it's one thing knowing something's going to happen, and it's another to see it unfold. And you're like, yeah, okay, yeah. So this is happening. Yeah, I yeah, and I get that, and mm. I I think it is an incredibly valid criticism. And would I have rather seen? Seth Rollins win and gone to face like I'd, I'm still pushing for Balor like Balor mm. Balor going for the Universal Championship is much more in I, I it's something I'm more interested in I wish he'd gone for the Universal Championship at Royal Rumble but the situation we are in is the same situation we've been in all year long it's Roman versus Brock at WrestleMania and and this is how we this is how we had to get to that yeah well this is the thing like if you put Balor in there it would be ridiculous and we you know we would like to see Balor in that spot but we can't really say that you can do that because there's been no build for it it've just been out of nowhere and we criticize WWE for that kind of book in any way we should do the same thing to to someone even if we'd like them uh, Seth Rollins got a lot of momentum. There's the story there with uh, the Shield and Roman, but I don't think that's what you know. That hasn't had enough build either. Braun Strowman, that all the Roman Reigns stuff. There has equally been a Braun Strowman Lesnar story, and the way this match was structured for Braun to run through everyone and all everyone gang up on him, and for commentary to keep saying over and over again, "Man, Roman Reigns is the underdog here." Like Braun had literally. Five guys team up on him, mm-hmm. and he still overcame them all. I thought I was kind of really surprised. You know, we talk about how the match was predictable, mm. uh, and y- you can say that if you want. I was genuinely surprised at how much they gave Braun in this. I was too, and that was the best thing in the match for yeah, me. Not in terms of oh, I'm surprised they put him over strong because he's Braun Strowman. Mm. Of course, they're going to put him over strong. But when they did the big old power bomb. And they all stacked up on top of him. I was like, well, that's Braun out the match. And then Braun kicked out and just pinned every other person in the match. I was like, well, I mean, I know we're pushing for, for Braun, uh, for Roman versus Brock and Mania, but hell, man, you're like really putting Braun over strong here. You better have some WrestleMania plans for him now. Because like, yeah. that's, the, that's the thing coming out of this is, is what are Braun's plans for WrestleMania? And on top of that, it's um, like Braun laid out Roman after the match. Mm. So... You've pushed out. You've pushed Roman as your guy, 
and it's going to be Roman versus Brock at WrestleMania. But how does Braun factor into that then? Because Braun was the one that stood tall at the end. Are you going to turn it into a triple threat match? Yeah, it it really stunk of the, the bad side of Stone Cold Steve Austin, where although you want to get over a certain guy... Uh, like, you know, we watched Armageddon 2001, 2000? It was 2000, and the same thing happened in Survivor Series yeah. 98. Yeah, recently, where Kurt Angle wins at the end, or The Rock wins at Survivor Series after uh, having a great heel turn, Steve Austin comes out and stunners everyone. Yeah. So it's like, oh, he's the top guy. And, like, you know, it sounds like I'm saying two things, two conflicting things here. I want Strowman to win, yada yada, and then I get annoyed when he beats up Roman at the end. It's because like those two things, you just flatten everyone out. And weirdly, they did the same post-match angle with Nia Jax and Asuka, mm-hmm. down to the throwing someone into something that then breaks spot. Yeah. I just thought that was you know, really, really yeah. lazily planned. I hadn't considered that. I was actually thinking, just before we came in here, there were two spots exactly the same in both chamber matches, which was two people doing frog splashes off the top mm. of the pod, which I thought was very odd. But actually, that's a much odder one that I hadn't even considered. I almost actually forgot the Nia Jax thing happened. That, yeah, she kills Asuka after the match, and then Braun did the exact same thing. Because then we talked about the, the Nia Jax situation. Mm. Is she going to be going against Bliss at, for, at WrestleMania? And is Asuka going against Charlotte? In which case then, yeah, Grant, Grant you needed to keep Nia Jax strong, I suppose. But then, does that make Asuka look weak going in against Charlotte? Sure. Like yeah. that, I, I, as I said on the prediction show, you booked yourselves into a corner with that match. I just think sometimes that there are times for people to lose, right? And okay, I don't agree with it, but you're going with Roman Reigns. Make Roman Reigns look as strong as possible. You've done like Braun eliminated everyone in the match. So okay, he's protected that way. So when Roman wins. Don't have Braun slam him at the end of it. I thought that was very... Just... That, that really left a sour note. Yeah. A, a, a sour taste uh, in my mouth, actually. Because you're right. Like If you if Roman is your guy, and the, the story you're telling in that match is quite a good one, which is like Braun's the absolute unstoppable monster. He beat Cena. He beat Finn. He beat Seth. He beat Miz. He beat Elias. Even when you had AAs, coup de grace, stomps, everything happened to Braun. Nothing could put him down. But two spears... That put the beast, that put the monster down. Mm. And that's why Roman stood tall. That's why Roman's the best, because he was the guy that could beat Braun Strowman when no one else could. But then Braun just laid him out after the match anyway, so did he actually accomplish anything? Yeah, it's... it's I don't, I don't know. You know I, I thought it was a very weirdly laid out match. If you want to get Roman over, why did everything in the match favour Braun and everything after the match favour Braun? It's like almost Roman winning isn't the thing you should be thinking about, which is baffling for a company that pushes Roman so hard. And I know you want to protect Braun and make Braun look good, and I'm fully behind that. But then, let Braun win. You've you've just split all the heat. So no one really gets over it. And the same thing happened in Asuka and Nia Jax. You know, does anyone come out of that where I'm thinking, oh yeah, like this is like Seth Rollins, when he came out of Raw, I genuinely felt... He's got momentum. He's a badass. He's he's on a winning streak. And, on, you know, he didn't really do much in the chamber match, I thought. Uh, but Braun Strowman, you, you could just follow that through or have Roman follow. Why can't Roman pin everyone, LOL? I'd, yeah, and why can't Asuka just have a clean, solid, like, rather than a fluky roll-up? Why can't she just dominate Nia Jax and then leave it at that? And then I'm like, oh, I want to see the dominant Asuka go against the the slimy Alexa Bliss who's trying to get out of everything, Miz style. 
Yeah, I thought the finishes were bad. I'll tell you what was also really baffling and what surprised me the most Mm. in the men's elimination chamber match is Braun kicked out the spear. Kicked out of everything. Well, I know he kicked out of everything, Mm. but we've been protecting this move all year long because it takes one F5 to put you down, it takes one spear to put you down. Finally kicking out of the F5, finally kicking out of the spear. You do those big spots of WrestleMania, but that spot means nothing now because Mm. Braun's just kicked out of it. So, like... I, I can't. Why would you tell that story for a whole year and then not do it and then not give a payoff mm. to it? It, it is. It is. It is strange. Yeah. It is strange. So the actual men's elimination chamber match will re- 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 rewind to the start of this. Mm-hmm. Elias opened with a song. He certainly did, which as, was as, great. As Elias always does, he's got a bloody lovely new T-shirt, and yep, and Elias is grand. Uh, so he had a great line. Of course, the pay-per-view was held in Las Vegas. He said, oh, so you're, you're used to seeing people you love behind bars. I, yeah, I thought that was very good. And he, his song sort of outlines how he's going to be the last one in and he's going to win. And then Braun, Braun comes out and uh, he, 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 yeah, he went straight into the pod, didn't he, yeah. Elias, after that. I, I, was, I wanted him to bring his guitar in. Yeah, well, that's what we all thought he was going to do. That's what we thought he was going to do. And then he's got a weapon inside the chamber, which, you know, in all fairness, might have actually been something for Elias to do, because although he did come out last, he did not do a lot in this match. Mm. He came out, got power slammed, and got pinned, more or less. Yeah, I kind of... I I wanted this to be Elias's... uh, help him out more. I I always think of... uh, in that royal, that brilliant Royal Rumble match when Punk was leading the Straight Edge Society, and in between each entry, because they would just dominate and throw people out, Punk had the mic and he'd just, you know, cut promos on people and the crowd and everything. Thought that'd be a great spot for Elias to have to get him over. Also, this would have been a good chance to kind of, you know, put Elias into that upper mid card, mm. into that main event picture. If that's what you, if you're putting him in this match, then surely you've got some. You know, some hope behind him. You want to do something with him, especially with all the Cena stuff that you'd been building towards. I suppose I'm not. I think that might be done now. Hmm. Um, but uh, you just sort of did nothing with him in this match, which, which I thought was a bit of a waste. But he is over. Like he's he's he's, he's, he's a hot act right now. I, right I really now. like Elias. Yeah, that's great. Uh, there was a great moment when like people were doing all their entrances. Mm. Uh, the Miz was uh, he was the first. You know, he had to start the match, even though three people started the match, so that wasn't really much of a, a detriment to him. He was going around all the pods, and he'd go up to Cena and do his "You Can't See Me" thing, and then he'd go to Roman Reigns and do his Superman punch thing, and he'd go to Elias and to kind of mock him a little bit. And then he went to Braun's and went to mock him, <laughs> and Braun just rattled the cage and he went, "Yeah, away." I laughed out loud. My wife was who was watching it over my shoulder also laughed. It it's was uh, so funny. Braun plays his role perfectly, but. Everyone else also reacts to Braun so so well. Yeah. Like you got you got to think that image of Triple H selling the fear at the end of Survivor Series when Braun is choking him. Yeah. Everyone around Braun must think very highly of Braun, and they see that he's going to be a big deal because everyone gives him so much. And that's what I mean. It's like you have even these outsider people who aren't mm. inside the wrestling bubble can watch something like that and instantly understand everyone's character. Yeah. They understand that he's the big scary monster and the Miz is the cocky chicken S word mm. heel. The two of them just play it so well. I thought it was brilliant. So it started off as a three-way with, of course, Miz in there with the two Iron Men of WWE at the moment. Seth Rollins, hot off his gauntlet match. He's our five-minute whatever uh, of the six days before. And Finn Balor, who lasted the longest in the Royal Rumble match. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, and Miz tries to make alliances at the start. He, he tries to do a two-sweep with Balor, yeah. which I enjoyed. Uh, th- I really like this. And to be honest, <coughs> this is the match we're getting at WrestleMania, this this triple threat for the EIC title. Which potentially. potentially That's just be. something we've come up with. Yes. No it's... one's reported Rollins in that. No, it was just when we're trying to think of what Rollins can do, because mm. I'm still not sure what Rollins can do at WrestleMania other mm. than this match, really. Well, yeah. Kurt Angle looks preoccupied now. That's what we mean. So I, I think the only thing you can do is put Seth into this, uh, into this intercontinental title feud. Um, if if this is what we're getting at WrestleMania, then I'm quite happy with that because I really enjoyed these three working together. Mm. I thought they did some really nice spots, um, and yeah, I thought it was great. So Cena was out next, mm-hmm. and he had a really nice stare down with Seth. I am fascinated by John Cena's character right now. Do you see his promo on Raw Talk? No, his promo on Raw Talk is incredible. It's so good mm. because it's just Cena, like Renee and the uh, Peter Rosenberg are trying to like trying to interview him and like trying to get the old John Cena back but he's just like you know every time I step away from this ring like the pulse it doesn't beat as far beat as hard and I'm not done I'm physically I'm not done mentally I'm not done but I go out and it seems feels like I'm done because I can't I can't win and it's a, mm. it's just this wonderful promo and it feels so genuine he almost feels like he's in tears because he's conflicting with himself he's just like I don't have anything for Wrestlemania and his key part of it is like it's not locker room etiquette but I'm going to have to go against that to get myself at Wrestlemania this is yeah it's it's a, a I think it's a great character. it's a great story it's a great character development piece for, for Cena so I, I don't get why people are down on it because they just go oh well you know Cena's obviously going to get a Wrestlemania match You've been too into it. No, no, I never said that. I quoted, no, I quoted Meltzer saying that, and then I disagreed with him. Oh, okay. Don't put those words into my mouth. I think I've been a fan of what Cena's done. Someone might have to go back and rewatch the footage. Uh, But I agree. I completely agree. Yeah, so Cena had this stare down with Seth, which I I just loved off the back of the Raw match. And and John was working pretty mean. You know, Mm -hmm. had a bit of a scowl on his face because he really wants that Mania match which is presumably going to be against The Undertaker. Roman Reigns enters when all four men are down after a double suplex or superplex spot. Yeah, um, I, I've written there, that's where they'd have a commercial break <laughs> if this was an episode of Raw. Everyone down. What's going to happen next when Raw rolls on? Lovely stuff. I um, particularly like Cena often only does this in multi-man matches because it's the only chance he gets to do it. He did it this time last year at Elimination Chamber 2017 mm. when he gets to do the double five-knuckle shuffle. Yes. And it looks so stupid and it yeah. just looks so cartoony awful <laughs> I much prefer the old exactly one it. when we were watching No Way Out yeah oh, and yeah. he's old it looks like it hurts yeah. Uh, so yeah Roman comes in next and he picks off people and he does a stare down with the Miz uh, something weird happens where I don't know how they got to it but all four men were around Miz on their knees yes and they were coachmen did not see this spot coming. You mm. can clearly tell he's not been watching a lot of Raw pre uh, working for the company again because he's just like, why isn't Miz going for any of them? They're all just sitting there. Why isn't he doing anything? So like, and everyone's like, because he's setting up for yeah, the, the it kicks. He does this. He does he, this all the time. He does this a lot, Coachman. Good call, Coachman. Mm. But um, it, it one of my favorite. I say my favorite thing. I say my favorite thing in big air quotes because I hate it. It's it was that it's the WWE double speak thing of where you yeah. just have to say the same thing over and over again in the exact same cadence when he just starts doing the kicks 
and Corey Graves, uh, Corey Graves, it's the world famous it kicks, and then Michael Cole has to say in Texas, uh, actually, it's the world famous yes kicks, mm. as made famous by a small uh, SmackDown Live general manager Daniel Bryan. You've got to get your s word in. <laughs> so this was, I quite enjoyed this because Miz spot. pointed to everyone, you know, who should I kick first, crowd, and uh, he gets to Roman, and the crowd erupts. He is by far the most disliked person in here. Uh, then Reigns on top for a well, bit. No, you, the, the key to that <coughs> is that when he was, he's pointing to everyone and he points at Roman and the crowd's like, yeah, kick him. So he kicks Seth. Yeah. That's so great because that's the Miz being like, the crowd want this, so I'm going to do the one they don't want. But then he kicks Roman afterwards and yeah. then everyone's cheering. Lovely. So Reigns on top for a bit after that, but then Strowman comes out and... Uh, destroys everyone. Corey has a great call when he says, Braun, what's your weapon of choice? Oh, humans. Yeah, because he has uh, <coughs> Finn uh, like, like up on his chest and he just swings him into Roman mm. Reigns. It's, uh, it was really great. And there was another bit where Miz got up to the top of a pod and Braun was up there like just too quick for yeah. me to realise how, how he'd done it. Michael Cole nailed it perfectly when he said, it's like King Kong scaling the Empire State mm. Building because that's just what it looked like. It was this giant man scaling this cage and getting on top of this pod. It was a wicked sight. And uh, Braun used Miz as a missile, launched it on everyone. A missile. A missile, nice. Uh, Elias comes out, but he doesn't. Mm-hmm. So it's his turn, but he just stays in the pod. Uh, Braun then eliminates Miz with a running power slam. That's well, where was, everyone the, gangs up on yeah, Braun. They did the shield bomb, and they, that was a kick out. They did the AA. That was a kick out. A kick out at one yeah. off the AA, and that was like, I, I mean, I assume Cena's hit the AA on Braun before. I would have thought so. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, they had that the three stairs. way. Yeah, yeah. The um, but I just, I when he did it, I was like, oh, this is this feels like a big moment. Mm. And then when Braun kicked out at one, it's just. I wish they saved that spot for a a singles match, mm-hmm. I th- but it was still awesome. And yeah. then he just yeah, he kicked out of everything. Yeah, he kicked out the spear. Then they did the stomp and the coup de grace. But Braun was outside, mm-hmm. and no one could really take advantage. No, it's another new bit of um, WWE double speak mm-hmm. or, or WWE speak, I should say. That I've I don't think I think I might have noticed, but haven't really tweaked with it. You can say kick out at two, but you can't say kick out at one. Huh. If it's a kick out at one, it's just a kick out. Okay. You, notice when they, you know when they do like the double, like you go for a pin and it's like one, two, and they go, oh, kick out at two. And then they grab them again. Uh, it's just a kick out at one. Now you've said that. That's what I mean. I'm going to see it everywhere. You're going to hear, or it, hear it everywhere, rather. I wonder, I'm going to keep an eye out for it. So Elias uh, eventually comes in. He, he has a little bit of a sequence, but Braun eliminates Elias. Then Strowman eliminates Cena. And then by catching him off the top rope and then he slams him. Mm-hmm. And then Strowman turns to the, the other three men in the ring and he just screams at them, who wants these hands? Yeah. Or just get, it was get, yeah, who wants these hands? I thought it was great. Uh, but then, yeah, then it happens, all the stuff that we'd already talked about. Yeah, so um, actually Bala had a really good like running mm. wild moment mm-hmm. uh, before he got eliminated. Should have really seen him coming eliminated when he started running wild on everyone. It's Yeah, it's a bit formulaic now, it's isn't it? It's very much a formulaic thing. You do it in the Rumble Mickey James well. yeah. had it as well. Um, but yeah, I thought Finn looked really great. Uh, in this one, mm-hmm. he was doing his comeback. He felt really fired up. He felt really like engaged in what he was doing, and I and I really liked that. And then, like, so you, you had then uh, Braun eliminates uh, Finn, and it comes down to Seth Roman and Braun, and the Shield brothers stand up and they do like a little mini fist bump, and then they go after them, and they start beating up, uh, um, start beating up 
Braun. It's a good advantage. A great advantage when you've got a two-on-one. Yeah. So then Seth turns on Reigns. Like, why would you do that? It's, you're, you're meant to be the architect. Why would you? And then Corey Graves, to his credit, was trying his best to be like, it was the, it was the best opportunity that Seth had it to wasn't. take out Roman. I was like, no, it's not. The best opportunity to take out Roman Reigns is after you've eliminated Braun Strowman. Mm. Um, yeah, that didn't really make a lot and of sense. And again, again, exactly the same thing happened in the Women's Chamber match yeah. with uh, Banks, uh, Banks and, ba- and Bailey, which, oh, was, right, which yeah. was worse. That was worse. I thought, like, that just... This one, I, I could see kind of why they... It was still stunk, but it didn't annoy me as much as the women's match. Yeah. But yeah, that was... Uh, that was... I, I didn't like that. The Wrestle Ramble will be right back after these short messages. This episode of Wrestle Ramble is brought to you in part by Patreon. For just $5 a month, you will get access to our exclusive Wrestle Ramble Extra podcast, where Ollie and I review pay-per-views from wrestling's past. Last month was Wrestle Kingdom 10, as voted for by you, and this month's poll is now open for just one more day. Currently in the lead is No Way Out 2004, where Eddie Guerrero finally won the WWE Championship, but not too far behind that is No Way Out 2004. And one featuring the three stages of hell match between Triple H and Stone Cold Steve Austin. And by backing to us on Patreon, you'll help us reach our next goal, which is to live stream episodes of the Wrestle Ramble on YouTube. There are other perks available, including shoutouts, getting your questions fast tracked to the Wrestle Ramble mailbag, and so much more. So visit patreon.com forward slash WrestleTalk for more information and support WrestleTalk. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. 
Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. By the way, on the douchebag rating scale, I gave the men's main event a 3.5. Fair enough. Yeah, yeah, that wasn't that impressed with it. Uh, apart from the brawn running wild stuff, just it didn't feel as vicious. It didn't feel like you know, like back in the day, the chamber would take years off people's careers, and mm. it really felt like a big deal. And then last year, it was padded mm-hmm. uh, when they brought it back. I was like, okay, that's not too bad, but it still felt brutal. This year, I didn't feel like it was. Brawn seemed more of a threat than the actual chamber itself. Braun being in that match was the biggest hindrance mm. for it, really, because you put Braun into that situation, you have to book him like the unstoppable monster running through everyone, and I think that then becomes a detriment to the match yeah. when you're trying to tell a certain story. The actual match format, that is. Yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. Because, you know, if we've seen time and time again, there's only one winner in Strowman versus Structure, <laughs> and that is Strowman. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so, back to the real beginning and the pre-show the Miztourage lost to Galanderson. In a raw tag match. Yeah, so gave this two and a half stars. High. There was nothing. Well, there was nothing, in, nothing wrong with it, but... Well, yeah, yeah, it was, it was yeah. just fine. It was. I mean, Gallows looked fiery off the hot tag, and the crowd kind of got into it because it was the first match, I suppose, but uh, other than that, there's nothing. Uh, Revival spoke backstage afterwards, watching a screen at an angle. Just, um, just for the record, everyone, that means that... Ollie thought that um, the uh, the Galanderson versus the Miztourage was one star less than the Men's Elimination Chamber. It's called a douchebag rating scale for a reason. There is no... I, I, I gave that rating when I was optimistic at the start of the show. <laughs> so we're going back just, in hindsight. I, yeah, I was like, because oh, I was really looking forward to the Elimination Chamber. As was I. I thought, you know, I thought they could still... They could still make it a predictable show, but deliver... And I don't think they did. Oh, I really liked it. Uh, so, women's elimination chamber match kicked off the main card. Just one bit of note, just because mm. I th- I found this very interesting. Just to, it, it backs up something that you and I talked about the other week. The in the video package, it's not Kurt Angle announcing the women's elimination chamber for the first time ever. Oh, is it not? It's Stephanie. Yeah. Yeah. You got to get that PR material. But it's it because remember we said that the reason why Kurt did it is because Alexa then came down mm. and, sh- and shouted mm. down Kurt. So. Uh, yeah, well, uh, Lee, keeping with the women's revolution, one of the main things, or the mascot almost, is the Wonder Woman outfit. Yeah. So Sasha Banks dressed up as Wonder Woman for Royal Rumble. It's Mickey James's turn this time. Yeah, it was. Yeah. It was Wonder Woman esque, wasn't it? It was very. It was definitely Wonder Woman. You get the she, thing. But she I fancy have... people a lot more when they're dressed up like Wonder Woman. But she didn't have like the uh, the blue it's pants. Weird. Yeah, but she had the thing. She had the headphones. It, it was the thing. Yeah. Uh, so, Sonia Deville and... Or Sonia. So I say Sonia. Yeah. But I feel like the Americans say Sonia. Oh, I'd always say Sonia. I say Sonia. Mm. And Bailey started things off. It was fine. I really liked the fact... I was kind of in two minds about this. Um, with Absolution came out together. Everyone got separate entrances, with the exception of Absolution. Mm-hmm. And this was the first time where they actually felt like a team. Dressed they, in white wearing, together, yeah. And they had like an entrance that they did together. Mm. Like rather than just being like, here are two women and they happen to be a team. This felt like, hell, they're actually a team together. 
the only downside of that is that then it just felt like that they're not separate people they're just mm. they're just the team and i, I so I'm, I'm kind of in two minds about that but hey at least they actually felt like a team this time well mandy rose came out as the first entrant so that uh, put Bailey at a disadvantage to Absolution, the team of Absolution, mm-hmm. and then predictably Sasha Banks came out after that. Yeah, Bailey's got uh, really good reactions. Yeah, yeah, Las Vegas crowd were really into it. I really like that. Uh, I, I, I thought it was a bit of. I wasn't really invested in this in this first half. I suppose. Oh no! I, I only I, really got into it when surprisingly when the crowd went dead <laughs> when Mickey James came out. I thought she she ran real wild. Oh, I really liked um, Absolution speak down of Bailey. I thought Bailey sold it really well. I thought that I liked it when they really... put her in the chains. That yeah. was good. And Sonya did this amazing takedown of her, like outside the mm. ring, like a double leg takedown. It just looked really brutal. I know. I, I thought that Absolution were quite good. I liked it when they were double teaming uh, Bailey in in you know, so to speak. Lol. Uh, so Rose taps out to the bank statement eventually mm-hmm. after Sasha Banks comes in yeah. they had some great acting cutaways of Alexa Bliss oh, so occasionally yeah. they'd cut to her face she's amazing her facials she's like you know 10th best wrestler in the world had a, she, there was one where it looked like she was actually crying and there was another one where she was the evilest person I've ever seen my MVP of the whole night is Alexa Bliss really? absolutely Alexa Bliss because no, Alexa Bliss, man, because Bliss uh, just... Kurt. Oh, okay, yeah, Kurt, Kurt was... is the MVP of this night. Because, like, everything that Alexa Bliss did in this mm. match, from her entrance, where she wasn't doing her usual cocky Alexa Bliss self, she was more, she was scared of the chamber, she sold how dangerous this match is, she sold how dangerous this, the, taking on five challenges is, she sold every single person in the, in the as they made their entrance... And just, you're right, they had these brilliant mm. cutaways to her while she was in the chamber. And every single time she was reacting to the match, she wasn't just standing there stoic, she wasn't just, she was always on. Mm. And she was always acting. And I th- and then her promo afterwards was wonderful. Yeah, sublime, So yeah. good. She was awesome tonight. So James came out next, and that's where the crowd kind of fell flat. So Sonya was eliminated? No, um, uh, Rose was eliminated. Rose was eliminated. Making her the first ever person to be eliminated from the first ever women's royal rumble and the first ever elimination chamber match well would you look at would that look maybe at they'll that? get like the you get the ask your video package mm. that type of thing when you get start to get numbers like that oh yeah build video packages that is around a streak it. <laughs> so mickey james comes out i i was into it. i thought she had a really good fiery sequence she was just beating everyone up she got to the top of the pod and jumped off that and that's where she pinned sonya deville yep. as i've written here james eliminates deville absolution suck mm just made you know i mean i yeah. really liked it when they were beating down bailey but turns out as a force they're not that they're not really that good yeah then sasha and bailey team up to eliminate james and james looks really sadly at bliss and bliss looks sad as well and it was like so what was the story here that was the most perplexing thing of this you were telling the story of that alexa and mickey were almost teaming up together alexa was lying to yeah. mickey james but mickey james knew that but it meant that she would have an ally in the chamber so she was like getting on with that and the commentators were putting over the storyline throughout the match mm. but then james got eliminated before alexa came out so that storyline had no payoff whatsoever which renders it rather pointless it was and now she's pointless. gonna bliss is gonna go into a feud with asker and nia Jax is involved i just don't see yeah i don't see what the point of <laughs> that or the rest of the telly, the TV building up to it was. Yeah, that was, it was filling time on TV, I guess. So, but talking of pointless, 
We had Bliss finally come out. Banks and Bailey were waiting for her. It was a two-on-one disadvantage, just like the, in the main event. For the heels. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. <laughs> uh, real good psychology. Yeah. And she she does have this great bit where she just runs up the cage first. It's the cage chamber. And... Banks and Bailey are approaching from opposite sides, and that it was a great visual. And they get on top of a pod, and Banks has Bliss. You know, Bliss has just come out of the pod a minute before, and Bailey is climbing up the pod to help her out. And Banks kicks her in the head and knocks her off the pod. I, I tell you how much I didn't see it coming. I was too busy looking at my notes because I was writing down what had just happened. And then all of a sudden, I heard the crowd react, and I saw Bailey on the mm. floor. And I looked, and I was like, "What the hell happened?" And then I saw the replay, and then I was like, "Why did Banks do that?" Yes, that made it made no character sense for her to do that. So it was a great like in isolation, shocking. I I gasped like you didn't see it coming. It was a cool swerve, but there was no sense around that swerve. Like you can't just swerve. You need stuff to make sense around it. Why would Banks do this now when they've got the rest of the match? They've got to take out Bliss. You know, this story is... You, you tell this story by having... Uh, you set it up so Bailey eliminates Bliss, and as soon as she stands up celebrating, that's when you get her as a, mm-hmm. as a heel. But oh, I don't know. So, like, what is this? Is this a Sasha heel turn? It's it's a nothing. No. It's just going to extend this feud out. I fully expect them to kind of be tense on Raw. Like, oh, but it was every woman for, for themselves. But I just, I just want a full-on turn by now. I wanted Sasha to win. Yeah, I, I was going to say, bad night. Well, not a bad night for you on predictions because you only got the one wrong. Mm. But still. And it was this one because yeah. I went with my heart. You went with your heart, man. Um, I'll tell you what Banks did do, though. You know, her heel turn. I did big air quotes for podcast listeners. Um, it may have been nothing, but her frog splash off the top of the pod certainly wasn't nothing. It was just awful. Mm. It was, uh, considering what Seth did later on when he did his frog splash, it reminded me of, because she does that frog splash as a tribute to Eddie Guerrero, who was obviously a big influence here. Remember when CM Punk started doing the Macho Man elbow drop? Yeah. Which was really awful? This just feels the exact same thing. You're doing it as a tribute, but it's really bad. The, so Bailey then gets eliminated by Bliss with a roll-up, and then it's, it's Banks versus Bliss, who are both kind of heels by this point, so... Again, bad psychology, I would argue. Bliss does this weird bit where she does a twisted Bliss off of the pod onto Banks on the outside. And Banks kind of... It hits Banks full force. And then Banks rolls it over... Into a bank statement. Into a bank statement. Yeah. And it looked no good. I I, I like the spot. I like the bit when she rolled her into the ring, making it a valid submission. Yeah. But yeah, I thought it was sloppy before then. And yeah, Bliss wins in the end. Yeah, so. she did like a top rope DDT. Mm. Um, I thought it was actually, I thought it was a good match. I thought it was actually really good at times. Some of the storylines are perplexing and some decisions that were made were not the choices that I would make. But I thought that all the girls worked very hard. I thought it was an average match and the storylines made no sense. Fair enough. Making it a bad match. <laughs> And I gave it 3.25. So what the hell do I know? What the hell do I know? Uh, Bliss is celebrating in the ring afterwards I with lo- Renee Young. Loved this. So I, I, I bought this hook, line, and sinker. I've written here, babyface promo. I was like, what are they doing? Why is she cutting this promo? This is not the moment to do your women's PR spin. Oh my god! What? And then she turned it, and I was like. I'm an idiot. <laughs> like, how dare I? I'm a smarky scumbag. Yep. Yes. 
very good. So yeah, Bliss is cutting this promo about how you know she's honoured to win this. It's the first, she's t- crying. People are chanting, "You deserve it," which she, I think caught her off guard. No, I did. The, I she sold it perfectly. She was like, I think she was expecting them to chant it. Oh, okay. And because then she had the tears in her eyes, and she stopped to say, like, mm. "Thank you." That you know, that really yeah, means yeah. To her. But it didn't mean a lot to her because those tears weren't real. She was lying to everyone. Yeah. Oh, it was so great. She said she did it for every little girl out there. And I'm like, oh, God. And then, she, yeah, she just turns it and says, because none of you are ever going to achieve your dreams. What the a crowd cheered. <laughs> the crowd cheered like, that was awesome. Yes. So, yeah. Tenth Bliss best was tenth best wrestler in the world. Bliss was great. Yeah. <laughs> so next up, we had Ronda Rousey's uh, dressing room door and Kurt entered it. Setting up some stuff later. Braun Strowman had a a promo where words were on the screen. The bar beat Titus worldwide. Um, The bar in the death spot once again. Two pay-per-views in a row. Um, Which I feel really bad for The crowd were dead for it. It wasn't like... There was no way anyone could get into this match. It, it, that's what I mean. The same thing happened at the Rumble. Like yeah. they had to go out ex- like just as the Rumble finished, they had to go out and have a match. And I just felt I feel really bad for the bar. That's two pay fees in a row now. We've been put in mm. the death spot, and no one could really get into this match. The crowd just like no one ever, no one bought into it. And here's where we got our first beach ball. Mm. Uh, I mean, my thoughts on beach balls are well known at this point. I know your argument is that WWE should just put on a better show to entertain. Do it better. Just do it better. People aren't doing it now because they're not entertained. People are doing it now to just be, to to purposely sabotage a show. No, no, no. I think if fans are genuinely into a match and a good product is being put on, maybe you'll get a douchebag who brings a beach ball, but the beach ball won't catch on. I just disagree. It takes I, it, be, it, it takes a lot of people become, to get the beach ball going and to get distracted by the beach ball, and all of that is symptomatic of not a good product. I, I will. I agree that it's a. It is a. Uh, perhaps it is a problem, but I don't think it, the beach balls have become the let's go Cena. Cena sucks. People who just chant Cena sucks. It's a reaction to people chanting Let's Go Cena. They might not even believe it anymore. It's just the Pavlovian response that when someone chants Let's Go Cena, you chant Cena sucks. When the beach ball comes out, you have to say beach ball. And you mm. have to chant for the beach ball and watch the beach ball go round. It's not... It's so disrespectful. It's just the worst thing that you could possibly do, I feel. I think. And, and I think it really... Because it then distracts people from the match. Mm-hmm. Then people can't get into the match. And those people who are trying to actually get into the match are distracted by it. I just think it's a really awful, awful thing. I think we're stuck in a chicken and egg argument here where I think a beach ball is, is not going to come out in a match that's genuinely I interesting. I 100% disagree. And I, I know I know the SummerSlam bar, uh, bar Shield match. Thank you very much. That was what I was going to say. then the Beach Ball made that match even better. Yeah, but then... Okay, so Cesaro, we actually said this at the time as well. I was wondering about this. Because Cesaro went into the crowd and ripped up the Beach mm-hmm. Ball. Is that... Are the Beach Ball's going to come out during every Cesaro match in the hope that Cesaro's going yes. to run into the crowd and, and tear it up? But, like then you're just inviting people to not care about the bar matches because you want people to bring beach balls in and have mm-hmm. and I, I think it's it's detrimental and it's again when they did it again during the Matt versus Bray match and you and I said we don't care about the feud I didn't care about the feud didn't particularly care for the match either but in you know in a few months time when people say like oh WWE can't do the broken gimmick WWE don't care about the broken gimmick it's moments like this when they'll stop and they'll realise yep people don't care about the broken gimmicks let's not bother I'm a yeah I mean, you haven't convinced me. I and, still think... And, and you have not convinced me either. <laughs> uh, 
But it, it just goes to show how disinteresting this match was because there's no build to it. There's no reason to invest in uh, the characters. Although, you know, they, they, they did... It was a well-wrestled match. I, I enjoyed Titus's uh, uh, fiery comeback at the end. Yeah. But the biggest pops were for the beach ball and for Sheamus slipping on a turnbuckle. He sold that brilliantly, though. Yeah, he, you know, wagged his finger at the crowd. Very good. But that was the most that the crowd were into the match. And I th- as you said earlier with kick out at one... Chop blocks, yeah. Chop block, chop blocks to the <laughs> cock, cock blocks to the back of the leg. <laughs> you're watching What's a very different about? show to me, mate. What's that about? People love a chop block. Now they do. It's like the finish to every match for the last six weeks. It's been a chop block. Everyone loves it. Ah, I, I used to love a chop block. It looks brutal, especially when you've got someone. You know, you're holding someone up, and all that weight comes crashing down on you. But now it's, you know, that should just be for the revival. <laughs> uh, I thought this was a perfectly fine buffer match, but the crowd didn't care. I got two point five. So you thought? So even so, we, it doesn't mean anything. <laughs> so that was also one star less than the men's elimination. It was sixty percent, and it was just as good as the Galanderson versus mm. Mr. Raz match. Asuka beat Nia Jax. We've already talked about this a lot. I enjoyed the match. She's got a new name. Who? Nia Jax. What was it? Irresistible Force. They kept putting. I thought that. Is that something? That's been... an old one, isn't is that... it? Because they saw it on a Titantron as well now. Oh, I didn't see that. It's uh, on a Titantron, and they kept saying mm. it over and over and over again on commentary. And that's when I suddenly thought, like, ah, this is the new name they're trying to get over for her. She's the Irresistible oh, Force. God. So yeah. Well, uh, Jax was pretty cheered by the crowd here. I I I enjoyed this match. I was really into this match actually. I thought it had some great back and forth stuff. I loved Asuka's submissions and then Nia picking her up like it was nothing. Yeah. There was one moment when Asuka had Nia, Asuka, uh, Nia's standing up, Asuka's got her in some kind of leg lock and Nia just bends over and picks her up over her head like there was no resistance whatsoever. Incredible strength. I thought it looked effortless. But then it only went eight minutes. I, th- I, I was really hoping for this to be a tw- 15, 20 minute match. This had a lot more left in the tank, especially with the nature of the win, which was just Asuka getting a sort of fluky front cradle. Roll yeah, yeah, surprise roll up. I was really surprised by that. Do you know what? There's a great spot in this to talk about like the submissions into power reversals mm. by Nia. There's a moment when Asuka had her in a guillotine and Nia Jax just hoisted her up and hit a jackhammer. Oh my God, God yeah. It was so great. The, the, and even better, my favourite spot, actually, besides that knee bar, was uh, Asuka kicking Nia Jax around the head. And she hits two. And then she hits a final one, and Nia just looks at her and screams. I was like, that's me, some that's some New Japan. More of that stuff. They did that in NXT as well. Yeah. And, it was great. But, uh, I, yeah, I thought it had so much more left in the tank. And to finish on a fluke... When this was when you needed to give someone momentum, you needed someone to go over strong. You didn't need to flatten it out like you did in the in the main event as well. But yeah, Asuka wins flukily. She's getting a interview with Renna Young, was it, or someone? And Nia Jax attacks her and puts her through the barricade. I just it was a flat finish, and I yeah I could have done without the Nia Jax attacking stuff. Yeah, so I gave it a three star that one on the <laughs> douchebag scale. I don't know why I even say it anymore. Uh, Bliss says afterwards, no one is ready for Alexa. Nice, very nice. Next up, we had Matt Hardy beating Bray Wyatt in a in just I mean this video package that played beforehand was so lackluster. It was just Titan Tron Pro uh, video packages going back and forth. No mention 
of the Raw 25 encounter. Not canon. No, not canon. <laughs> not ca- I, d- just, I, d- I was looking out for it and I had you in my head. It's not canon, Ollie. I was like, should I even write this down? Because I know what Luke's going to say. So Matt's already out mm. and Bray Wyatt's music hits. Blip does the blip thing. His music doesn't even hit, just the lights go off. Yeah. And it lights come back up. Bray's there but it's just Matt's coat in the middle of the ring. Where's he gone? And then Matt's voice starts playing over the tannoy or whatever they have, the announcing <laughs> system. That's a brand name, you yeah. fool. <laughs> and uh, he's, he starts singing um, Fade Away and Classify Yourself as Obsolete. Yep. And Bray can't find him anywhere. Looking under the ring. I thought this was going to be the return of Jeff. Yeah. Oh, man, that would have been better. That's what I thought this was setting all that up. Well... It was setting up something much bigger. A double axe handle off the steps. It certainly did. Which, Rrr, I'm uh, here. One of my, and it's my favourite thing in WWE commentary, which is the commentators are told not to watch the ring. They're told to watch the monitors so that you call the action that the audience can see. Because then, like, so Matt's standing on the, like, on the steps, but the commentators are going like, where's Matt? Bray can't find Matt. When in the real world, they can see mm. him there. It's one. It's just this bizarre little world that WWE is. Yeah, it's. It was. I, I was interested. I'm not gonna lie. I was interested. What? I was really? uh, for a moment there. Oh, right, okay. I was just like, well, it's just, huh? It's just these coat. Where is Matt? <laughs> it's kind of like a children's book. Yeah. Watching an unfold. Is he under the ring? Is he under the ring? I don't know. He's not under the ring, Ollie. <laughs> is he behind the announcer's desk? Is he? I don't know. Where is this guy? <laughs> He's talking somewhere. Who's not under the announcer's desk? And uh, no, he was just just he just turned up. So what you're saying is that this children's book is like the children's book that they print at the start of Elf, where it's mm. missing the last two pages, and you don't really know how the story ends. Fifty Shades of Bray. <laughs> nice. Uh, so it was that this this match didn't. No, no one was interested in. No, absolutely uh, not. Just the characters. I mean, good grief. A year ago, this was a dream. This was a dream match. How could you screw this up? Hmm. A year ago, freaking Bray was winning the title in the main event of Elimination Chamber. Certainly was. So the crowd got to chanting. The beach ball came out. We want beach ball. Beach ball and mania. Then the beach ball was taken away. So Rusev Day chants took over. Mm-hmm. And Hardy won with a twist of fate. Crowd just did not care no. because they've been trained not to care about undercard matches or this feud in the slightest. I think it's just undercard matches in general, but yeah, in particular this feud. Mm, this so feud, it, it's yeah, it was an absolutely nothing match. But here we go, Ronda Rousey's contract signing. This, so I wasn't impressed with the pay per view up until this point, as you probably detected, uh, and the first. You know, half of this segment, I was like, "Jeez, this is," because R- Ronda had a lot to prove—not prove, but they had to present her very effectively in this segment, because her Royal Rumble debut was just confusing, and it didn't quite get the momentum. It was certainly newsworthy and noteworthy, but it was just—it didn't strike the right chord. Can I defend this segment? What the first bit? The whole, the whole, because I loved the second bit. As soon as she stopped talking, and then there's an argument that the second bit makes 
allows the first part because she is nervous. Is but, that what you were going to say? Well, yeah, I her promo because mm. so Kurt Angle comes out and then Steph and Trips come out together. I was a little bit annoyed that um, Triple H walked over and just shook hands with Kang, and I was like, um, Survivor Series, lads, are we just ignoring everything that happened there? But mm-hmm. yes, second, I thought the same thing. Yeah. Second half complete first half. So that's great. I'm there questioning these characters. And it's all, it's all the, this kind of setup stuff. And uh, Kurt Angle was just perfect in this, where everything that he did mm. was just, he was trying to hold things back, trying not to say anything, but really just wanting to say these things. And Ronda then cuts this promo, and it's not a good promo. She's just saying words. There's no real emotion behind it. She's just saying, like, this is such a, just a, this is a great opportunity. This is a dream I've always had. I'm very, you know, very thankful to the to Roddy Piper's family for letting me carry on the legacy of the name, yada, yada, yada. And I was like, this isn't a great promo. But then with the second half of what happens, I suddenly thought, that promo was bad by design. The whole, no, because her verbiage would be in the, like, I'm so grateful for this opportunity. I'm just so great. It's there, it's there because at that point she was grateful for this mm. opportunity. But now she realizes that, oh, they were trying to F me over. I'm done with this. Now I can go and be a badass. She was signing as a celebrity. Now she's a badass. And that promo is there by design to set up her, yes. her set up the turn from smiley, smiley, Ronda, pointy, rousy to Ronda's a badass who still points. There's a, so yes, it was, I, I agree, it was designed badly for that intention mm. but i also don't think it was well performed but like mm-hmm. that that's uh it's because she's i i think she's bad at promos yeah quite yeah. possibly yeah. yeah this is why you know i, I believe the, the 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 rumor is that um we want you know there's lots, lots of rousey rousey Heyman talk mm. and that's, that'd be good give her a mouthpiece but like i mean i what you said about kurt being fantastic off the mic because he was he was so engaged and i was like What's wrong with Kurt Angle here? Why is he being a bit weird? What was that handshake with Triple H all about? And I, I, it felt a bit real for a moment. I was, I was confused. I genuinely wanted to see what happened. Really, Kurt should have had a meeting with Triple H and Stephanie earlier on, rather than just that shot of him going into Ronda's dressing mm-hmm. room. And that would have maybe given this a bit more foreshadowing and it would have worked better structurally but this so triple h puts over rousey like a million bucks Mm -hmm. had a great line about uh you know it's the biggest star to walk into wwe since an olympic certain olympic gold medalist and it wasn't just it was like someone who's taken to this so Mm. quickly i haven't seen anyone quickly since this olympic gold medalist like like, great because i like as well it's putting over Kurt because Trips and Steph want mm. Kurt on his side, trying to play Kate to his ego. So there's some really nice stuff with with, with Triple H and and Steph here. Yeah, and then uh, then Ronda comes out and they um do the uh, do this promo, which is not great. But the crowd start. To, it, yeah. it was weird. The crowd were kind of booing, and then a you know you deserve was it you deserve no they're it? trying, trying to rousey, rousey which, yeah. which actually caught I think caught Ronda off guard because mm. she then got a little bit choked up because which I, was cool it was cool yeah. because at first she did get a very good reaction but then you're right there was some booze and i was like i initially wrote good pop mm, crowd is starting to poop on her a little bit now now it's a bit of a mixed reaction mm. but once kurt like she went to go sign the contract and she said kurt it looks like you want to say something mm. and and that's when the segment just completely turned on a dime and kurt was just like hey i'm just like they told me that this is, they're trying to mess you around like they just like they they want to sign you because they want to control you. They're yeah. trying to get a, re- a revenge for WrestleMania twenty one. Thirty one. I mean thirty one. Oh, did it. he say twenty one? He said twenty one. Oh, I and didn't they, pick up on and that. And then literally corrected. Oh, it's not a Kurt <laughs> promo, is it? Without something, I thought his performance was so good that I, that's I didn't even pick up on that. They want to correct their mistake for SummerSlam. 
I mean WrestleMania. Mm. Like, it was, and uh, that was a little bit of a slip up. And then that's, and all of a sudden Ronda just went, she had character changed, and then she just looked at him and was like, "Oh really now?" Mm. And then she drops Triple H because Triple H is then like, "Kurt's been in the hospital with the flu. He doesn't know what he's talking about. He's having a relapse, which I was, I'm hoping he's talking about the flu and not other things." Mm. And then just sort of kind of like guides him out the ring like this doddering old man and just be like, oh, Kurt saying his wacky yeah. things. Oh, race his granddad saying his Inappropriate uncle, I called him. <laughs> exactly. And just like guides him out of the ring. And then Kurt just grabs the microphone again and was just like, oh, yeah, and Steph's uh, called your uh, uh, has been. Oh, yeah, no, it was Kurt. No, 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 the line. great line great was line. three years in the making <laughs> and now we own <laughs> that. And Triple H cuts him off just before he says... That was a money line. So that was good. so good. Perfectly timed on yeah. trips as well. Yeah. Like, uh, to trips to cut him off. And then he grabs it and says, like, oh, yeah, Steph also said that you're a has-been and mm. even she could beat you up. Yeah, because Stephanie tried to get out of the, the bitch line by saying, uh, you know, yeah, we, we were angry at you, but we also were so impressed. That's why we want you here now. And Kurt's like, well, why did you say she was a has-been earlier? Or, you know, to that effect. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah it, was, it was just great. It was, you know, that ropey bit at the start doesn't matter because the the second half was so strong and so big time felt mm-hmm. big time everything felt real it had some you know had a naughty word in that's when you know wwe care about a feud it's when you know triple h is involved in the yeah. creative side it's like suck it here's my <laughs> dick in your face <laughs> the attitude here is back again yeah give me some glow sticks mm-hmm. um I'm yeah, anyway so the uh so ronda then steps up to trip uh, steps up to steph and then steph's really backing away Triple H gets involved. Ronda just slams him through a table. Yeah, belly to Bailey. Yeah, belly to Bailey. Picks him up and puts him back down again. <laughs> through a table. Through a table. And then, yeah, and I was because I saw some people complain that Steph slapped Ronda, but then Ronda didn't like give her anything mm. back. But actually, I think that's great. It's because those are the two people that WWE want you to think are the two main stars of this feud. And so Steph is the heel. Ronda's the baby face. And Ronda, like... All in her facial reactions told you everything you need to know about the story. It was like, yeah, she slapped me, and I could kill her now. But I want her to think she's got the upper hand. So I loved this segment. I thought it was the best thing in the show by quite a long way. I agree with those people, though. I th- I, I would have preferred Stephanie slaps Ronda. It's bloody hard as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know why Ronda just didn't then grab Stephanie, take her out, sign the contract, throw it down on their body bodies and then pose on the on the ropes i thought that would have been a much stronger i know you want to keep them apart to the big match i think this this would have been that's how they built vince and stone cold stone cold would stun a vince all the time and i was, I was going to correct you there stephanie can only get her comeuppance at wrestlemania i know she can't get a comeuppance yes. at any other time so you can't do it at the elimination chamber yes that's my bad well <laughs> uh, a great segment though but there was a great line from cole a oh, great line from cole as she was walking up the ramp he said and i quote what if Ronda shows up on Raw? And my reaction was like, well, I bloody hope so, mm. Michael Cole. She's a Raw star now. Uh, so that is, it looks like we've got Kurt and Ronda versus Trips and Steph. Yes. Which is cool. So what did you think of the show overall? Because I, I gave it three out of five. You gave it an average. I gave it an average. I really, I enjoyed the show. I don't know, maybe I just woke up in a really good mood this morning. Because it does have like, a lot to do with it sometimes. Yeah. I just good went, night's sleep. And I didn't, but I didn't get a good night's sleep. I slept pretty awfully. And I've, I've had barely any sleep over the weekend mm. because of other activities, which I'll talk about on the podcast. I... I really enjoyed the show. I don't. I wouldn't have said I'd given it a four out of five or anything like that, but I've certainly given it a high average. But I'm looking at it. I'm in WrestleMania fever. 
I'm excited about what's coming up next. I'm enjoying it much more than I'm enjoying SmackDown. Mm. And yeah, I, there are some things that I can question. There are some things I don't agree with. But overall, I enjoyed the show. I mean, yeah, I enjoyed the show, man. I'm, I'm, I didn't. I'm surprised that you were as down on it as you seemed. Mm. Although, giving your review and. I mean, I haven't watched your video one yet, but hearing you talk about it, you almost felt like it might have been a uh, a poor showing rather than a... I mean, certainly not mm. a poor, but maybe like a high poor. Yeah, so it's on the bottom end of the average stuff. Uh, it's, uh, it's weird. It's interesting how your opinions on stuff mature and change in just a, just a few hours. Because we watch these, like... So the timeline of my day, as I'm sure it is for you as well... Watch the pay-per-view, making notes, mm-hmm. and then I go back and I'm like, okay, these bits, and I sort of rewatch a few bits here and there just to like see what you know to give a more detailed bit, and then I write my review, and then I read everyone else like as many other opinions as as I can find just to be like, you know, because I don't want to get stuck inside my own head, and see what other people are saying and see if that changes my mind, and I'll put that in the review, um, and then I drive to to the studio I shoot the video and send it off mm-hmm. and then about two hours after that we do our record and by that point I'm way more down on the on the thing so like I I, I gave the men's main event four stars <laughs> in my video earlier today that's not right no not a four star match for you no no because I think I, I was like okay well that was that was a good match I enjoyed it and Braun got over well but, but, but four stars didn't think about it again until uh, later on when I'm like but what what were they doing why they just flattened it out so yeah wow I mean I wonder if finish ruined it I wonder if people are going to pick up on that Mm. if people are going to take the douchebag rating system so seriously that they'll notice in the uh, the video review and the Wrestle Ramble it's a different score I'm hoping they'll see the name douchebag review and just think it's just a douchebag. Yeah. I don't have to look into it. What about you? Has your thoughts changed on it since this morning? Yeah, I think I'm. 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 The more... Ask Anaya Jacks finish seemed to hit you hard. Yeah. Well, I, I, when I tweeted this morning, I said that I thought the match was disappointing, mm. but I think I was overwhelmed by the finish rather than I kind of forgot how much I enjoyed some of the match itself, like some of those power spots, that yeah. submission to power spots. I did enjoy more than I remember. Um. But yeah, I mean, I, I I thought the show was good, and I do. I'm never going to watch it again. Like, it's not a show. Like, like the Royal Rumble, I would probably watch hmm, again. That men's match, yeah, in particular. Yeah, in particular, yeah. And I think I would watch the women's Royal Rumble just yeah, for, for the like, ca- yeah for the cameos. Yeah, for like the cameos and stuff. But I don't think there's ever going to be a point in my life where I'm going to be like, oh, do you know what show I really want to watch again? I want to watch Elimination Chamber 2018. Mm. Like, I haven't watched Elimination Chamber 2017 again. Like, I've never had the urge. And probably the only time we'll ever watch it again is, like, five years down the line when someone will ask us to review it uh, for the Patreon podcast. <laughs> it's not going to happen. <laughs> it's just going to be... go into the archives and find it there. People are going to be like, Money in the Bank 2011, over <laughs> and over again. The uh, I guess the only noteworthy thing, really, was the Ronda Rousey segment. Mm. That was the only pretty runaway success i would argue yeah i would argue as well yeah so what did you do over the weekend mate because you went to the gun show <laughs> i did go to a gun show indeed so i was on a, a stag do my friend tommy west on his stag do um i can't quite tell you where tommy we went. west is a good wrestler name yeah and he's a proper good dude as well mm-hmm. his old uh, tommy west proper south london geezer um just one of the nicest chaps i've ever met in my my whole life 
Um, and uh, yeah, so I, we were down, I think, near Weymouth. Um, we were sort of down that way. It was about a two and a half hour drive from my house. Mm. I can tell you that much. Um, we left later than we thought we were going to on the Friday. Got there about half past nine. Then we had some drinks. Stopped off at uh, Burger King on the way there. And I had a very disappointing burger. And my mate who was driving me had a uh, double cheeseburger, double bacon cheeseburger that was so small it could fit in the palm of his hand. Well, good job you went there rather than KFC. Where there is no chicken. Oh, my God. <laughs> have we talked about this already on the podcast? We have not, no. American listeners. <laughs> British KFC have run out of chicken. <laughs> you had one job. <laughs> One job is that you keep chicken. I do, oh, it's, it's insane. It is insane. Absolutely incredible. But anyway, so we kind of you know we drank quite a bit on the on the Friday, and then the the Playstations came out. So there were some Rocket League games playing, which I don't play because I I think it's a bit pony. But that might just be because mm. I'm absolutely rubbish at it. Um, and then they played FIFA, which I also don't play because I'm absolutely rubbish at. Like I don't want to play it because I'm so bad. I just kind of bring everything down because then I'm just rubbish and I'm like, yeah. sorry, I don't really know what I'm doing. Same re- same reason I don't play Rocket League. I just like, mm. I don't know what I'm doing, so I'll just pass. Me at an orgy, I just stand at the side. Just stand at the side yeah, and just go. You you have crack some drinks. You crack on. I usually just yeah manage the music. Yeah, I'll mm. I'll sit here. I will provide commentary and I will you know I will trash talk everyone, but I, I won't actually that. participate. No. Um, uh, so that was that was very good, and yeah, on the Saturday, the uh, the activity that we usually you know you on the a stag do, you rent out a big house, and then you do an activity on the Saturday, and then you go back to the the big house and you do your, the rest mm. of your drinking there. We didn't really do that on my stag do; we just stayed in the big house and drank, and it was well, wonderful. Other entertainment had to be arranged. <laughs> <laughs> that was talked about quite a bit on the stag do. Um, so we went to a rifle range mm. now. I don't think I'd really considered what this was. So, like, the best man is Tommy West's brother, and Mm -hmm. he emailed us saying, like... Generic. Generic choice. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to go to this rifle range. Now, I've been on a stag do before where we've gone clay pigeon shooting, and it was, you know, clay pigeon shooting, and I I thought, yeah, this this, is all right. You know, I'm probably never going to do it again, but it was good luck. We went out, we shot some plates or whatever it is. And, um... So I I think that's what I thought we were doing again. Mm. Something along those lines. It wasn't until we got there, and then I walked through a shop that had actual guns in it, that I suddenly thought, oh, Mm. this isn't quite like clay pigeon shooting. And then we walked into this like tunnel. It was a place called The Tunnel. And it was this 100-yard thing, or 100 foot, it's just 100 yards, it's nothing. 100 foot uh, tunnel. And there was just like at the end, there was just all like rubble and stuff. And then there were four tables, and then on those tables were four guns, four rifles, World War Two and a World War One oh. rifle, um, like German, Russian, and uh, two British ones, I believe. Amazing. Harry Enfield, or whatever they're called. And um, and then so like four, we were in groups of four, and the four guys sort of went down. We were given these massive ear protector things because uh-huh. the guy was saying like. You know, two shots and you won't hear anything for the rest of the week. Any more than that, you'll probably risk permanent damage. The reverb around the tunnel as well. Exactly, that's what he was saying. He said, you can hear my voice reverbing, so, Mm. you know, imagine what the gunshot's going to be like. And still in my head, I'm just like, yeah, but, you know, it's not going to be real guns though, is it? And then he just started putting bullets out in front of them. And I stood there and I had these big heads, like these big cans on my head. And I suddenly thought, these, is this real? These mm. are, like real, I, I just I hadn't considered this a possibility, 
And then it went very quiet while they were loading and then taking aim. And then the noise of when these guns went off and my face, and, and so me and two of my other friends that were there, we just sort of all looked at each other when these loud bangs, because one of this, like this Russian modified sniper rifle that shot out a foot of fire when uh, mm. whenever the gun went off. Mm. And it was so loud. I have never been so scared. Like, I, I'm terrified of heights, and I don't like heights, and I don't like getting involved in things where you have to climb up very high on things. I'm always very scared then. But this, the apprehension that I might have to go and handle one of these guns was so scary. And the apprehension was really getting to Whoa. me every time a bullet went off. Did you do it, though? I did do it. I And now you love guns. I can't say I was keen. It's just... What was the sensation like? Just I, nothing but over. Like I just I have very little memory of it. I feel like I've already shut it out mm. of just like abject fear, and like I I suddenly realised when because after you you've done because you have twenty shots you have five five rounds with each gun, and I had the Russian one last with the and it's like the mm. recoil on it and like the gun would jump up and like I'm a bit weak so it was like I wasn't really holding it particularly well, and um, afterwards you go down and you collect your targets yes. that you put down at the end and you see how everyone did and everyone roughly got about like i'd say the lowest you could most people got was like eight or nine shots like actually hitting the paper mm. and then some in the actual center or some might get say 12 on the paper and then eight or nine in the center um i based on that i was like i mean by luck i've probably hit five out of one one of my shots actually wow. hit and even then i didn't hit the target i just hit the paper Maybe you got someone else's target. Well, the guy who was next to me did very well. So there's every chance that I just shot his very, Mm. very well, but I did not shoot mine uh, particularly well at all. Sight was off. Oh, that was the other thing as well, is that I suddenly... So sort of the moral of this is, or the the kind of conclusion of all this is, I realised after the fact that when he kept saying, um, oh, how does it feel to hold the gun? Can you see down the sight? I wasn't checking any of that. Mm. I was just saying, yeah, it's fine. And then I suddenly, and I realised that I was just like cocking, loading as fast as I could, and just shooting as fast <laughs> as I could just to get it over with. So I don't think I was ever really aiming at all. And that's not me sitting here going like, "Oh, I didn't hit it because I wasn't really trying." I just don't think I wanted to be doing it. And the guy was probably like, "Look at this lunatic! Look at this, this guy <laughs> loves guns. He's just like can't get them off fast enough." <laughs> so yeah, I did very poorly, like far and away the worst performer mm. there. And luckily, I was in a group with the guy who actually who hit the most. Like his, uh, she was. I think he like, like fifteen or like twelve or fifteen shots wow. of his, which is like insane. Like that's really great for someone who's never held a gun before. Like mm. I think he's quite the marksman, really. I think because I was in a group with him, his brilliance overshadowed how terrible nice. I was. Like yeah, I think if I was in a group with a load of average people, there would have been much more focus on the fact that you realise you out of twenty shots. Only one <laughs> of them actually hit this giant target that you're one aiming for. Owen. Yeah, one shot. Owen. The the guy at the end said like, "Oh, do you want to keep hold of the sheet?" And I was like, "Mate, you might as well just reuse it." <laughs> <laughs> like, there's no point in me taking this. And then there was this, afterwards when everyone had done their shots, like after the fourth group had gone, he was like, "Oh, does anyone want to pick up any of the casings from the bullets that they shot?" And I was like, "Oh, no, no, thanks. That just seems that sounds illegal. That sounds beyond weird. I'm all right, thanks. Mm. I'll I'll pass." So I can't see myself ever wanting to do it again. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like just so scary, so scary holding this. And like I kept looking at the bullets that he was putting on the table, 
and just thinking like these are just designed to end lives this is so weird or shoot targets not really i don't think the people who invented bullets were just like i mean yeah. these are for shooting cans these will be great recreational school-based <laughs> activities <laughs> for stag dudes yeah. of 20 something and 30 something year old men mm. Um, but you, because I didn't text you after mm-hmm. I got out and said, like, I shot a gun. You seemed quite shell-shocked. I was so shell-shocked. I didn't yeah. say anything on the drive home. I barely yeah. said a word. Um, I didn't really perk up again until we played some board games. And then, like, I kind of, like, found myself. Back I'm, in the comfort zone. We played some Mortal Kombat, which I, I very much got into. That I'm fine with. Mm. Um, so I text you saying, that, like, I just shot a gun. And you text me back saying, like, it's great, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> because, so... You enjoyed? It? Have you shot a gun? I have. I have shot uh, several guns, but it was all in one very dodgy Latvian outhouse. <laughs> I was in Latvia, and one of the activities you could do uh, was go and shoot some guns. We're like, that sounds cool. Let's sign up to that. And someone picks us up, drives. <laughs> okay, we'll probably be getting out. Drive some more. Oh wow, we're not in the city anymore. Wow, we're really far out. Oh man, that's when. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> We don't know that our person didn't come with us. Mm. We know nothing. <laughs> we just go into an outhouse in the middle of the, this big field with a guy full of guns. Yeah. And But we, you know, it was all safe. Uh, it seemed for a moment that we'd have to shoot a cow, but luckily <laughs> the cow was ushered away from the, the, the shooting range. Shooting range was set up. Like, you know, you just hang the sheets. <laughs> yeah. But there was a cow behind them, and it was like, don't want to kill a cow if i could just go through this holiday yeah. without killing a cow that would be grants <laughs> uh and yeah that we we had various modern guns arm arm pieces to to use and we did and it was fun i'd always remember he because i was read very up for it um because i'm against guns but that doesn't stop them from being extremely cool mm-hmm. that's my ex- that's sort of my approach to them and he said uh so this is a glock now the, the I don't know the, the body of the Glock recoils when you fire it you know the top bit comes mm-hmm. back so he said I cause I was holding guns with like my thumbs on the back you know like how you would you know you put your trigger finger and, and sort of my thumb would rest on the back and he went mm. don't do that because the recoil will break your thumb <laughs> and I was like oh yeah and he said because no one holds guns like that Okay, so, but yes, that was uh, that was fun and dangerous in equal measure, That's, which is probably part of the fun. That certainly sounds it. Uh, and in the evening, we played some drinking games, and um, you know how I feel about those drinking games. From shots to shots, <laughs> it was. We played, um, and I haven't even seen this since um, year one, maybe year two of university. Mm. They set up a game of Ring of Fire. Well, the ring of fire. And I had to... Literally played it the other month. (laughs) It was like three weeks ago. I had to suppress my laughter because suddenly people took this very seriously. Yeah, you got to have the rules down. Sat down, you know, uh, George... Hey, Georgie. Georgie. Georgie sat uh, down. I kind of feel sad that I wasn't invited now. Um, Georgie got out his... Now that all, all the people <laughs> the, I know and the, like from your stag do exactly, there. Exactly, yes. Georgie, my dungeon master, got out his notepad and was like going through the rules. Going like, uh, Ace's waterfalls. Waterfalls in my world. Is waterfalls in your world? <laughs> <laughs> well, the, the worst one is when you have the game of games. And each card starts off a whole new drinking game. Hmm. With its own set of punishment. Oh, my God. Uh, and they were also playing things like uh, international drinking rules. So, like, wherever the clock is, sure. wherever the hand is on a clock, depends on, like, what hand, what 
hand you hold your drink in. Uh, you can't swear. You must refer to people by their surname. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can't say the word drink. I just can't point. Yeah, you're gonna say drink. Oh no, they were saying say... con- they were saying consume. Oh, okay. Can't say uh, the so um, some an explosive device a land mine. Yeah, you can't say that. You would have to do ten press ups. <laughs> What? Why can't people just have a drink? Why can't I like drink? I like having a drink. Why can't I just have a drink? You can. It just won't be as fun. <laughs> Let's do one review because we went well over here, and this is a long review. Josh the Jobber writes the most consistent wrestling podcast. Thank you, Josh. You Damn need right to make us are. happy. Wrestle Ramble has quickly become one of my favourite podcasts overall. Only two others of which are wrestling podcasts, Cabanas and Jericho's. I greatly look forward to the episodes every week and often end up listening to them on my podcast app and then again on YouTube. Ollie and Luke are just so fantastic together that I hate missing out on the extra rambling when watching on YouTube, but hating missing out on the visual shenanigans when just listening. On another note, Wrestle Talk, the YouTube channel associated with Wrestle Ramble, is the primary reason I return to watching WWE and between the YouTube channel and this podcast are some of the most enjoyable things about being a wrestling fan in 2017. In in short, these guys are funny, have great chemistry, put out a consistently good product. Merry Christmas <laughs> and Happy New Year, guys. Thank you, Josh. Thank you, Josh. That was lovely. Although I do recommend you check out um, Something to Wrestle if you are after uh, more wrestling podcasts. What the hell are you doing, Luke? Very long episodes, although I was just listening to their latest one. and in, No Way Out. It is No Way Out. And in that episode, Pritchard argues to his very core that Hulk Hogan versus Vince McMahon was a much bigger match for WrestleMania than Hulk Hogan versus Steve Austin. Mm. Yeah, pinch of salt. <laughs> That's all we've got time for today. Please join us on Wednesday or every day on the YouTube channel. Uh, on Wednesday, we will, of course, be talking about the fallout for Elimination Chamber on Raw and the, the same episode of SmackDown you've seen for the last several months. Thank you, and we love you. Bye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.